Hello, you cool cats and kittens. It's your boy, Scoop, and welcome to the When I Feel Compelled podcast. This episode, we're going to talk about club quarantine and all the music battles that have been going on on Instagram Live in this self-quarantine air. I got my dear friend, Lamont Thompson, a fellow music lover, fellow Washingtonian, on here to discuss these things with me. Stay tuned. Scoop. My dog. My guy. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just, uh, you know, I'm an introvert, man. So this is like heaven. <laughs> this is heaven for me, bro. So I, I refuse to believe that because I know you, man. I'm a 94% <laughs> introvert on every Myers-Briggs test I've ever taken. I'm an INTJ, but I'm more of an ambivert with the TNTJ. But yeah. introvert, 94%. I learned that I'm an ambivert. I've learned that I have a vert. I didn't think I had a vert before, but I'm an ambivert. Little, little, little ambivert. Little ambivert. <laughs> <laughs> little ambivert. Why, why a, is that not a song at least? That, that has that, to be a song. That's. Came up, we got to make that genre a uh, song for real. This is showing people that uh, all these people that are like, I'm enjoying myself, but I want to go outside. Little ambivert. Because. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, people don't believe me though, man. All my, all of my solace comes from being in, being to myself. But you know what, man? And I'll say this, uh, right here on your podcast, live and direct, because, because I know you, man. We known each other since what, junior high school? Yeah, Dude, yeah. Uh, you always been a f- oh, stand up brother. You always been a guy that I looked up to. Always been a dude that I I looked and said, man, that's a cool ass brother right there. You one of them dudes that I, I don't think we can go anywhere in DC and not find or see somebody that knows Scoop. I mean, that's high praise, my let friend. Let me put it to you in this in this terms. My wife's brother is getting married to a woman who knows Scoop. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> That's a small, yeah, that, that was crazy. That was crazy. I was like, why are you going to that wedding? The degrees of separation, I'm be there. man. Yeah, and then she went to college exactly. with your exactly. wife, who is another small world that, you, you know, she went to junior high school with us. And man, one thing, one thing I want to know with you eventually, and this is a project later down the line, but I really want to uh, capture our experience of growing up in D.C. in the 90s. I don't think people really know uh, where we're coming from when we talk about gentrification hitting DC so hard, they don't know what it was before gentrification. Um, that's 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 very you know it's funny. I did a um, I did a little series on Instagram for like a week, showing pictures from like eighty eight to to the most recent pictures. And then one of my friends, shout out to Christy King, she um, saw that and she actually asked she actually asked me to come to her school to talk about gentrification. Mm-hmm. And so I took those pictures and created a PowerPoint. And then I also went and did some real estate analysis and was showing like Trinidad, (laughs) specifically Trinidad, pulled up the article when Trinidad, uh, for for people listening that don't understand, Trinidad is a neighborhood in D.C. It's not, we're not talking about the island. Like Street Corridor, Florida Avenue, Northeast, yep. Yeah, um, in Trinidad, it actually had... um, in order to drive through Trinidad about 10, less than 10 years ago, there used to be um, a, a, a police barricade because it was like so much violence in the neighborhood that you couldn't drive through there unless you had an ID saying you Big lived facts. there. And then two, three years later, A Street pops up. It's like, Big huh? Facts. Like, do you realize, you know, and they even changed Trinidad because it used to be uh, from A Street 
and above, and now it's from Florida Avenue and above. So once again, for people that don't understand, Florida Avenue is it, like a diagonal street that kind of is like maybe four blocks north of A Street, and it kind of cuts down. But they pretty much took everything close to A Street, which is one of the epicenters of gentrification, and try to rebrand that whole neighborhood. And Trinidad wasn't a good brand, so they took that whole area and called it something else and moved to Trinidad and gave it only what, – what's currently Trinidad is only half of what it used yep. to be. You know, and um, and so it's 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 yeah. You're right about that. I had um, I was on a uh, Jamal Jamal Waves uh, podcast, yeah. which um, between you two sparked me to uh to start my own. Um, you know, Jamal had me on Anchor and showed me how easy yep. it was. I was like, you know what? Too many people told me I should do a podcast and we do this. But when I when Jamal was on there, we were talking about DC and and schools and and education, and it was yeah. It was it was it was uh, very insightful, but also, you know, working in the school system like I've had like I have I've seen it from a whole different aspect, right? right. Um, and you know, it's I sound like I'm 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 blurting out stuff because no, there's just so no, much information. I, mad respect to you too for for taking a position in the school system. I, I got mad respect for all my guys that that went that route, man, because I feel like y'all in in your own little way, even though you're getting paid, you're giving back to the community that we came from, and you know how impactful it is to have someone that looks like, sounds like you, uh, teaching you in class. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'll say for me, um, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't a teacher per se, but being in the building is just as important. Um, when, when kids are coming out of class, I was an athletic director, associate athletic director. So, you know, you're still involved with education and, and dealing with kids. And, um, but from, I just found out that Dunbar, I believe, right now has the most black males of any school uh, as far as faculty of any school in DCPS. Yeah. And, um, and there's a big difference, you know, with that, but um, we, we definitely should talk about that. And I'm, and um, might need to come back and table that. Cause I know the topic of what we initially wanted to talk about, uh, we could talk about this DC and, stuff. And forever. we should do that for sure. Um, we should definitely table and we, de- we definitely should do that. Maybe, maybe we should set it up for, for next yes, week. Um, you know, or sometime which was available for both of us. But, uh, you know, what, what's, what's been interesting is we all, we talked about a little bit being self-quarantined. And um, one thing that's emerged from this is, like, you know, the amount of music and these performances and, and these happy Amazing. hours. You know, at first, you know, at first my friends wanted to have a happy hours on FaceTime and I got, it got up to 10 people. Um and then people were like, "Well, no, let's actually have like an actual happy hour." And it and it pretty much started with with D Nice. Yep. yep. You know, um, got to give him his credit. It was about got to give D Nice started this whole thing. Um, any DJ that's out here DJing now, y'all might be doing your thing now, but but we got to give credit to D Nice being the first person that really at, made at least, that. At least a in thing. the quarantine period. At least what I'm yeah, exactly, the exactly. We're exactly. living in uh, the quarantine era. In uh, AC, there was 2020 BC before Corona. Right. Now that we weren't before. <laughs> exactly. AC BC. But, exactly. But, you know, I, I definitely credit Swiss Beats for actually coming up with the the whole idea of doing something interactive like this in live when he did the first battle with Swiss, and I, and I know we're gonna get into this a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you remember that first yeah. battle? Yeah. Well, uh, well, Swiss Beats yeah. and Timberland. Yeah, man. Like. It's funny because, all right, so back a couple years ago, Swiss Beats and Just Blaze did a battle. And it was on YouTube live. And they were in the same studio. And they were going back and forth. And so 
this is something that I remember watching that live and it was it was amazing. Um and then so I knew that this was something that was like, oh, when they had this, I was like, okay, I've, I've seen this happen before with Swiss. I know how Swiss is gonna come. But um when they did theirs, man, they had some technical difficulties at first, but when they started rocking, man, it was it was it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely amazing. And then it's, it's because yeah. And, and it feels like in this time right now, you don't want to miss it being live, right? Like, so there's so much play, there's playback right. on YouTube the next day, usually. But in this era, you don't want to miss live. Um, there's something right. historic about it to say that you were a part of that, right? And I feel like right, right, we're going right. to look back at this it's five sp- years from now and be like, man, from everything that is everything that's going to spawn from it five years from now, we're going to look back at this and be like, yeah, I was a part of that. I was on the ground floor, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I and I'm gonna tell you when it when it started, like. I really feel that way. Um, when D Nights on Saturday night, it was March twenty first. He because he had DJed, I think, starting at yep. Wednesday, and it wasn't didn't really bubble over. And um, one of my friends invited me. It was Saturday. Obviously, we ain't had nothing to do, so I will check it out. And it started at at five, and I turned it on at like five thirty, five forty five. Yeah, I didn't turn that thing off till like two. D Nights was rocking for like dude, nine it's hours, so easy man. To get and lost it was the, it. it's it's. For for some people, for the casual and the listener, it's background noise. But for folks like you and I, man, which I know you're into it, like I'm into it, uh, it's just something to to marvel at. And the skill that goes into keeping people captivated for that long is uh, it shouldn't go unnoticed at all. That was the best DJ set I've ever heard. Yeah. Mainly because it wasn't just the music; it was it was the tempo. He he pretty much maintained the same tempo for yep. nine hours, which is yep. really difficult to do. But even in maintaining the tempo, when certain people would show up, certain you know big time yep. artists would show up, he would stop and play their song, but he would play the song at fifty exactly. tempo. Exactly. It was like, how did you have that queued up already? Mm-hmm. Like you already playing an upbeat song. He was playing songs for people that I hadn't heard in years, but he was playing the tempo that version, you know, that kept the that, tempo up, and it was just that's the difference between a really good brilliant. DJ and a subpar DJ. Now. For I'll sure, this, because there's a lot of DJs going on live as a result of D Nice doing his thing. Uh, I checked into some of Quest Love's DJ sets. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. I'm gonna be honest with you. They, they're too Not slow. I, I feel like uh, he's he's a dope drummer, man, and I don't take nothing away from him as a professional artist and the roots. Uh, but as a DJ, he leaves a lot to be desired for me personally. Right, I'm with you. I think I think I think in his way of DJing. Like he he played now now first of all he he has great selection of right. songs right. like for the world, right. right? But when you're DJing, you're trying to like you say captivate people. For exactly. me, it's just too exactly. slow. It was just too slow. And I remember um the first time I caught on the Quest Love DJing during this you know during AC you know after after, after Corona, Corona um was was when he was DJing after party for D Nice um on that yep. Sunday yep. the twenty second. And I was like, man, this is like yeah. putting me to sleep. The numbers weren't. The I turned it off. People weren't looking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people were falling off. They started falling yep. off. They started falling. He had all the people come over. Had the thousands of people come over, but it was just too slow. And it's not that the like I said, it wasn't that these aren't great songs. Because I mean, he had an amazing selection of songs, but it was lulling me to sleep. It, it wasn't something I would be listening to as a set to be to be energetic or captivated. It's like this is background music for me to like go exactly. to sleep. You know, exactly. um, but 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 you're right. I've seen some DJs, DJ uh, Behan, my boy, our boy, class yep. 06 Miles. Yep. He killed it. He had lights in his in his uh hallway, man. It was like a real Shout party. My guy. Uh, one time he did it. Um, DJ Artistic did really well. My boy Eric did a Nipsey, um, 
he did a Nipsey set uh, on the 31st on the day that oh, Nipsey yeah, passed away. That was pretty. That was pretty uh-huh. dope. Um, so I've seen some of that, but but you're right. Like when Swiss and Simbo got together and they did theirs, and they in the in the platform that they yeah. had, you know where where they, you know they're 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 undoubtedly See, legends, and, I, and, that's and they said we we you know, um, that's... <laughs> right 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 they're undoubtedly legends, and they're sitting here like you know let's do something for the culture, and they set it up. And what's funny is they set up the first one they set up was Boy One Day Hip right. Boy. And I was like, uh, I'm gonna watch it. Man, I was surprised yeah. with how many hits Bruh. they had, Some man. Heavy hitters in there. They had man, boy, boy wonder. I knew about him because he's mainly like associated with, with, with producing for right, Drake. Right. Um, but but one, I didn't know how long he'd been producing for yeah. Drake. Yeah. And two, that how many people he produced for. And so there were a couple songs that he did that blew my mind. Um when he did Best I Ever Had by yeah. Drake, I was like, okay, you've been with Drake since So Far Gone. That to me is like, that's that's the epitome of Drake is that Mad song. Respect. Like, that's the song that, you know what I'm saying? So you go back back to before Drake was signed, and that's when that song made Drake, yep. you know, got, you know, get signed and all that stuff um, in addition to the whole project. But then he did Work by Rihanna, and he did um, G-Eazy, um, No Limit. Yeah. If I hit it one yeah. time, I was like, hey, that song. And he did Win by J-Rock. I was like, okay, okay. He's got current stuff that has nothing to do with being associated with with, uh, with Drake. And then Hit Boy came back with, with some Beyonce yeah, tracks. Boy, and I know he did. I'm going to tell you why I gave that battle to Hit Boy. One mm, song. What song? In, niggas in Paris. Paris. I was going to say Niggas in Paris got him. No be. song wow, I found in that, that whole list had as much play as niggas in Paris. To this day, you take that song mm. anywhere in the world to this day, and you gotta you gotta play that thing back at least twice. Okay, so 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 okay, you saying that one song, you think one song could take over I think that, that battle? Was, I mean his body, so what else did he had? He had uh Goldie by ASAP Rocky, which which yeah, Goldie, Goldie really was, springboarded his career, right? Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. He had uh, Drop the World by Wayne and Eminem. I thought that was uh That was that was that was good. That's a good one. That's a good on one. Track, man. Um there's some other really good ones that you know, and I don't think people but, knew that he produced. Um and I'm trying to look up the list now, but those are ones that stood out to me. But but I'm gonna say, man, he did control. Uh, Boy Wonder had controller. controller by Drake. And see, that's the thing. That's, you the, know, that's the thing that makes me lean towards Hit Boy because it's really easy. And I don't want to discredit him, but it's really the easy to lean on that cosign of of Drake, the biggest artist in the world uh, right now. Um, I mean, but you but you leaning on the Jay and Kanye too, though. Yeah, but the variety there. So you got the Jay and Kanye, you got ASAP Rocky, you got you know Wayne, you got Eminem, you got Beyonce. You know, I, I feel like it's it's. It's a little hmm. bit more spreading the love with Hit Boy. I, I think a lot of folks would disagree with me and go with Boy Wonder. Uh, and, and trust me, I'm a huge Drake fan. Man. I love Drake, man. I, I'll say this right now. Let me say this publicly. This is Lamont uh, from the <laughs> from the I Care Too Much podcast, and I love Drake. Yes, okay, sir. There's a lot of haters mm. out there uh, for Drake, but I love Drake, man. But I, I had to give this one to Hit Boy for for niggas in Paris okay. alone. Okay. Um, just the the impact that that song had when it first came out, it was like nothing you ever heard. It doesn't match it up against any other song on the list. It doesn't match up with anything else. Okay, that's that's a that's a, that's a hot take right yeah. there. I, I I appreciate that because uh, because I, I I definitely didn't think that it was it was far far off. I think that in their battle, I will say Hit Boy was a little erratic, had the mask and kept playing that 
that same drop. Sure. Uh, I should probably I should probably sign up a hit boy because I got all the hits. But I just like man, we get it, we get it. But so so I definitely like Boy Wonder's style in that battle because he was a little bit more laid back and just like I'm gonna drop sure. this, I'm gonna drop that. But yeah, so that that's fair. So boy, so you give it to Hit Boy, I give it to okay. Boy Wonder. Okay. Well, now matter of fact, who's for Swiss and Timbo? Who'd you give it oh, to? Oh, I gotta give it to Timbo, man. Um. I'm with you. I, I love I'm with Swiss you on that. Beats, right? But it's easy to fall in a mode of, okay, this is a Swiss beat song, right? Okay. Like, like every Swiss beat song sounds like a updated variation of the next. And that, you know, I don't want to discredit you. Swiss, Yeah, but I know you what you mean. know his brand to a sense where mm-hmm. you look at a tempo. You look at tempo. He has his tempo's certain, about the like, same. niches in his beats that you can pick out and say, oh, that's Timbo, right? So the beatboxing aspect of his music uh, is is very much so present. But, like, you look at, like, Justin Timberlake, Aaliyah. Uh, who else does he work with, man? So many over the – Missy. I mean, it, Missy. It, the buck stops at Missy. He didn't play, he didn't even play anything with Magoo, man. That, that kind of yeah. hurt me a little yeah. bit. He didn't play Up Jumps the Boogie. Shout out to Magoo. Um, Shout out to VA. I wish, I wish he'd have played – he played Ugly. By Bubba Sparks, but I wish he'd have played that and then played um, "Get Your Freak On" back to back because oh, you know man. the beats. Then the joint he had man, with CeeLo. I don't even remember if he dropped that joint with CeeLo. Oh my gosh, man! I'll be around because that's the go-go song. He, he shout out DC when he when he Come did on, that. Man. He's like shout out DC. He did that. I mean Swiss. Now Swiss played a song that blew my mind that he produced. Which one? Angie Stone. Wish I never. Wish I never uh, met you oh anymore. Yeah. I wish I did miss you yeah. anymore. Yeah. That's I was like, Swiss did this. Yeah, that was a shocker. If Swiss, if Swiss made like ten songs like that, Dude. he might have Timbo. I think that was the only one where you could say it didn't sound like any other Swiss song. It didn't sound anything like. And I went back and looked at the credits, and I was like, wait a second, like no co-producers. This is all Swiss. I'm like, this doesn't have the normal Swiss tempo. It doesn't have like, and and, and normally in, in a situation like this, which is interesting, is that. Swiss's catalog is perfect for battles because it's all that up tempo stuff. It's gonna get you yep. right. Yep. And when he dropped that, I was like, man, yep. man, Swiss. You know, he he killed so, it. He killed I'm, it with that one. I gave it to yeah, Timbo though. I'm with tempo. you. I give it to Timbo. Man. It to tempo. So the 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 wildest one, the wildest oh, one was after Boy Wonder Hit Boy. My oh, God. And that was Sean Garrett <laughs> versus the Dream. Oh my! Definitely goodness, the most man. entertaining the, of all of them. The most it was it was the most hilarious. <laughs> it wasn't the most entertaining in the sense that it was just man. Sean, Sean Garrett came back on IG the next day claiming that he wasn't drunk or wasn't high. I don't believe if, if listen, he wasn't. Listen, I know cocaine when I then see it. sober Sean. <laughs> I don't want to see drunk Sean. I know cocaine when I see it. Okay, come on. Hey man, this dude. And then you saw how we started off. I mean, first off, let me tell you something else I didn't realize. That he went on IG Live before the battle and started talking cash shit about, about oh, the dream. Yeah. And I was like, huh? I was like, okay. So, so I, But I saw that after I heard the battle. After, yeah. So so I, I wasn't in a mindset of like, this is going to be that type of thing until Sean got up there. You know what? So I want to give my little speech or whatever. And then when the dream went to play golf. <laughs> so for uh, people that didn't see this, man... They're sitting there, most of these battles, someone's sitting at it, you know, a, a desk with a laptop with all that stuff. And the dude, Sean, starts talking, and the dream gets up from his room, makes a left, and it's his patio. And he has a pool and he has a golf. The, set. the boy got top top golf is in his backyard. Top golf is in his backyard. 
and he just starts hitting golf balls into his pool. And the funniest part was that he just so how unbothered he was about this. Like, all right, we're gonna get back right. to it, okay? And then when somebody must have said, "Hey, he's almost this song is almost over," because Sean started playing some new song exactly. that this isn't what it's about. This is about heat. Playing, playing. This ain't about putting on your new music. This is about playing the, the stuff that Sean the hits. Try to market it and then, yeah, and then Dream walks right back in. He's like, "All right, we ready?" Bam, Beyonce song. It was yeah. like, okay, yeah. that's how you do it. The Dream, the Dream, man. I'm a huge The Dream fan. I've been following him his own career as an artist through uh, the last few albums that he's dropped. Man, he can't miss. Man, uh, I, I gave that one a Dream. I, I mean, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I don't think, I don't yeah, think the Dream would disagree with that one. I gave it a Dream when he dropped Fancy. It, it, I, I lost my shit. Yeah, man. you saw me on the live. I was like, yo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the dream has first and foremost, the dream is definitely a better artist by yeah. himself. Like Sean Garrett has has ventured into the being into the space of being an artist himself, as opposed to being you know behind yeah. the pen. But so so he has his own. But when it comes to the stuff that he did, and when he dropped when he dropped the unreleased version of Holy Grail, it was like. Okay, I just saw history. What he? Because you don't get demos, bro. You it, never hear he demos. Title put that on title the next day. That's how yep, the next day. Is. The next day. I mean, and then to hear the fact that because I because I, I have friends and songwriters. I know you have friends that were in the music yep. industry. I've heard a demo before, um, and and to hear a demo and hear the exact he's saying the exact yep. same melody. Yep. It's, it was the pretty much the same, not the same beat, but the same, you know, it was it was a house without oh, yeah. the walls. He already had the infrastructure in and then Timberland came and laced yep. it. But but he had the same song for, for Justin Timberlake's chorus. And it was like, okay, okay, you know that he did this yep. song. You know what I'm saying? Because some of these battles you'll see, and, and somebody we'll talk about later on, who did like the instruments on certain songs, but it wasn't their whole production. Exactly. Dream said, "This is mine," and it was it was his, and it was like, and that okay. was that was meant but the, for the Watch the Throne originally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I remember. I remember. I remember hearing the story yep. about that. So meant for Watch it was the meant Throne. for Watch the Throne. Um, Jay had a stash that he kind of kept off to the side by himself, which mm-hmm. sort of led to some contention between him and Kanye as well. Yep, yep. I remember yep. that. I remember that. I remember when the stories came out about uh, the story, the, you know, his album. Because when Jay dropped uh, um, Holy Grail. They had the whole Samsung situation yes. where if you had the Samsung app, so it became a whole lot about the the production of it and how we dropped it. I remember the conversations around exactly. that. Yeah, that. Um, but I mean, Sean came back with some stuff after he started. Wild. I, I give Sean his props, man. I think he springboarded yeah. Kevin Hilson's career. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see yep. what else, man. He had some Fergie hits. He had some. Oh yeah, the Fergie hits. No, he oh, he had a uh, Pussycat Dolls. Pussycat Dolls, Beyonce, Buttons. Destiny Child, Beyonce. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, so I give him his props. Usher can't can't not. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's just sure. there's a. I think there's a certain limitation there that Dream just doesn't have. If that makes sense. Yeah, and and frankly, in the battles format, it was just the the energy. Yeah. For Dream, Dream just had everything you're supposed to have for a battle. Dream had the people on, you know, what the I'm people saying? and the culture on his side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If Sean, had, if Sean had just come in there and just done his own stuff and not talked, yeah. I think this battle <laughs> would have been different, and the perception of it would have been different. But the Dream just said, "I'm sticking to the music. Yeah. I ain't saying much. You know, I'm I'm cooling." And everything Sean had to say, Dream had something back, and yeah. he had the hits to back it up too. When he when he showed the rock chain, 
Oh yeah, man, yeah. you know Sean's like, yeah, who, you know who, they call me the pen. Yeah, Sean mentioned Jay Z at some point. Dream was like, who? My dude, Jay. My Jay. He's like, this is my yeah. Jay. He got the got the personalized rock chain around his neck. You know, it's like, man, get yeah, out of here. You know, so sentiments on this. Uh huh. Okay, well maybe one because I got to harp on this again. If you if you're listening mm-hmm. out there and you haven't heard Fancy by the Dream, uh, I think in mm-hmm. my in my take that's arguably one of the best beat drops I've ever heard in my life. Uh, don't put it in no weak ass system. Put it in a great system mm. that you can bump to. Put it in your car and turn that volume all the way to hell up. The beat doesn't drop until about three minutes into the damn song. Mm. Uh, one of the best beat drops ever. And I forgot what my second point was going to be, but yeah, I had to put that out there in the universe. Hey, I'm with it. So everybody, check that song yeah. out if you haven't heard already. Go and listen to Fancy oh, by the Second day. point: uh, Cocaine is a hell of mm-hmm. a drug. Cocaine. Is cocaine a- is a hell of a drug. Yep. <laughs> Seriously, seriously. I mean, and and, and, I'll, and I'll end I'll end talking about them with this point. At the, the next day, when he did his whole recap, he got on the phone, got on IG Live with Timberland, and then with Swiss Beats. And Swiss Beats was like, "Hey, man, you, you know." He was telling, he was wilding yeah. pretty much, yeah. you know. And then he and then Sean kept one like the validation saying he won, and they weren't giving that to him. They was just pretty much saying, you know, had you not been acting the way you did, it would have been a, it might have been the outcome that you wanted. Sure. He kept saying it that way. Um, you know, but but you could just tell everybody could see that, and even if they knew him, even Timberland was like, "I know how you yep. are," but you know, it, it ain't really look as good. So the 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 best the best battle is the next. Oh one, man, to me, as far as a sheer oh, just man. respectable class, this, this one was all talent. Um, all talent. Ne- Neo and Jonte Austin, man, Jonte Austin came in a full suit. Mm. Was like I'm ready. I respect you, brother. I gotta do. This you know, is the grown and sexy and, battle right here. Man, if you are man, a baby '90s kid, Jante uh, yeah. Austin has left an imprint on your life, and you may not have even known it. And you may not know it, you know, because I went back and looked, and I was like, okay, I I knew about Brian Michael yeah. Cox. I didn't realize they worked together so hand in hand, and so a lot of stuff Jante did, I was like. I'm used to knowing that that's like Brian Michael Cox, but like Brian Michael Cox might produce right. it, but John Tay wrote it. That's a, I so, love that about songwriters who how they can. Yeah, he, he's not in the spotlight, right? Like you may you may right. this may have been the first time a lot of people even heard the name, even though his actual name. But this yeah, some got people money on yeah. money and history on history mm-hmm. when it comes to music. He has really laid a soundtrack to at least my life. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm no. a huge R&B dude, man. I'm a softy, bro. I, I love hip hop. Wu Tang is forever, for for sure. Uh, but I'm a I'm diversify a, your bonds, man. nigga. <laughs> Definitely, you know. <laughs> right. But I love me some yeah. R&B, man. So you 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 he won me over with the songs that he chose for this battle. I think I think John Tay John Tay was prepared. Yeah, he was yeah. he was prepared. Carey, I, he was more pre- uh, he was more prepared than Neo was. Bryson Tiller. Um, that Bryson Tiller drop, it was like, oh, yeah. okay, okay. Neo hit me with that "Own It" by Mac Wilds, though. I was like, oh, oh you yeah. did that? Oh yeah. That song, that album. Let me tell you something about Mac Wilds' album. You talking about uh, the Dream? The first thing, four tracks on Mac Wilds' album, he has hip hop samples. Yeah. yeah. That is like, that. it's mind blowing, man. I was like, Mac Wilds, this is a really good album. I, I was that. so shocked, man, because you know Mac Wilds, uh, you know, is 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 Michael from The Wire. That's yeah, how right. most people. That's how I know him. <laughs> so when he when he got into foray music, I was like, ah, you know. And then Own It dropped. I'm like, okay, this is a dope song. But when I heard the album, the first four tracks, I was like, okay, okay, this is this is fire. So for Neo to have done that, that's like 
that's one of my favorite songs to listen yeah. to if I'm going somewhere or um, you know, and I have a wide array of music too, so sure. I, I'll, I'll play that every once in a while. But I was surprised he had something so current also. And Jonte had don't. I was surprised that he was involved too. Um, I think Neo. Uh, I love Neo's catalog. Uh, him as an mm-hmm. artist, I think uh, his voice is missing right now. There's a void for uh, Neo's voice in R&B right now, uh, if you mm-hmm. ask me. Um, but when he dropped "Let Me Love You" by Mario, mm-hmm. there that, that song. So, so there's a few songs that I think we're going to be listening to for the next lifetime, right? Uh, and one of those mm. songs I jokingly made fun of um, on Facebook recently, it was, uh, and this has nothing to do with either two, these two songwriters, but uh, um, Heard It All Before by Sunshine Anderson. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope that Sunshine Anderson is somewhere uh, living comfortably and never having to worry about dinner ever in life. Yeah, because that yeah. damn song, we cannot escape it. It is on the yeah. radio every day, and I hope that she's getting her back pay and no royalties. Now, when we talk about songs that are going to live forever, live. Let me love you by Mario is just seamlessly uh, radio friendly. Mm-hmm. It, 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 in a mix, uh, a six o'clock mix, you're gonna you're bound to hear that. Let me love you uh, at least once. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But but that, that that takes nothing away from Neo's own songs himself. Sexy love, so sick. Uh, these are also songs that'll be edged in our existence. Um, you 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 will at least know one line from each of those songs. I also got to add make make you better. Yeah, make you better. Make, make oh, me better goodness. with fabulous. I mean that's fabulous song technically, but that when that song dropped, I was like, that is like every like. That's like the song for the fellas that's you know in love. What? Like, like it's a it's a it's a real song for guys that may not necessarily be like huge R and B fans, but it's like this talks about my lady, like like make me that's better good. or make you better is like the perfect song to mix the I match. Can't you know, remember mix and match. Played this, but what's the joint he got with Remy Ma? Oh, um, Neo. Neo and Remy Ma got a joint that's a banger, and I can't remember if he played this one or not. But it's a. Banger. I don't think he did play. Yeah, it. That's a banger, bro. I feel like he should have probably pulled that one out of the pocket because that was another radio lovely hit too. Jonte, I went back and listened to uh, a song that shocked me that he did, which was uh, "Just Be a Man About It" by Tony Braxton. <clears throat> and when I tell you, when you listen to the words of the song mm-hmm. and how Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre does the little like, um, I guess like the intros, the little interludes. Yep. Tony Braxton's whole verses. All her verses are based on those interludes. Absolutely. And it was just like, he's saying something to you and you're making a song directly to what he's saying. And I was just like, this is more well-written now that I'm listening to it again than I ever gave it credit the Ooh, first time. Boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, the same, that's the same way I think about, like, Neo. So one thing, Neo, so Do You, when he played Do You, that's, yeah. that's probably my favorite Neo song, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I I thought about something today too. Uh, Do you by Neo is the first future text. Is it? You think about the future the future text where they show him with his phone and he's texting some some like oh, you know I gotta go back to revisionist that. history. I'm I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you exactly what it says on there. It says um um first off let me say congratulations. Heard you heard that you had a baby girl. If if she looks anything like her mother, she's the prettiest thing in the world. Swear that I'm not trying to start no trouble. Tell your fiance he can relax. I'll leave you alone for good. I promise. 
there's one question that I gotta. Oh, there's a question I just yeah, gotta ask. Yeah. If you think about that on all those future texts that people been showing on social media, yeah. if that's not exactly what the same thing is, I mentioned you know you got a kid. Congratulations on your new life, but but I'm still trying to like sneak in. You know and what? Say something. Uh, during the during the battle, someone had commented was like, "How are these dudes able to write so moving uh, lyrics for women uh, or mm-hmm. about women towards men?" And you know, I realized something about Neo. Neo probably ain't shit as a, as a as a as a as a lover, uh, and that kind of gives him the leverage uh, to write these uh, beautiful lyrics. Like he's been. There might there might be some there might be some some truth to that. I mean, I think about that with like, I think the first person I thought about that was like Drake, because right. I think when Drake came out, there was a level of vulnerability in his in his in his yep. art that was like, man, guys don't talk about this type of yep. stuff. And people, you know, women try to say it's like fuckboy stuff. But a lot of times I had a conversation with one of my friends that said that guys don't really understand, like, their love life until it's over. Oh, that's real. You know, a lot of guys live through, they really understand their relationships through regretful situations. Like, damn, I wish I'd have done better. I know the woman I had after she's gone. And unfortunately, that happens, I think, a lot of, a lot of times with, with both genders. But I definitely know that guys... um, you know, guys, oftentimes that's when they sit back and think about some of this stuff. And so, you know, with every most art comes through pain. Yeah. So I don't know what Neo's life has been like with Jonte Austin, too. I mean, just be a man yep. about it. You know, he's like, you know, and, and it, Dr. Dre is saying, like, you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe one day I'll circle back. You know, I, I I love you, but I don't know if I can love you the way you need to be loved. That, that can only you come from someone first, better. first person experience. All that can only yeah, come from yeah. first person. Yeah. Uh, I, I grew you know, up in and I think that that's. Women. And so I think that mm-hmm. it has a lot uh, attributed a, a lot to uh, how I approach relationships with women and being able to build. I'm, I'm married. You know, I'm married. I've been married for a while mm-hmm. now. I've uh, been with this woman for 12 years. Uh, and before then, even before then, my approach with women has been different because of uh, the influence that I've had. And so it didn't take me mm-hmm. to be necessarily a heartbreaker, although I've broken some hearts. Shout out to y'all if y'all listening. I have broken some hearts out here in this universe, <laughs> but I've learned enough from it to not make those same mistakes again. And so I definitely feel right. that point, man. We learn a lot uh, post-relationship. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I can definitely we're, we're, back we're great some times where I, I, I can look at myself and, damn, I wish I would have just punched myself in the jaw saying some of the shit I said. Uh, but, right. But definitely, you know, I'm, I'm a better man today, I'd like to think. Uh, my, my wife might, might a, have some, some comments about that. <laughs> there's, you know, it's funny. There's a, there's a song that's not part of the battles, but there's a song like that that is almost difficult to listen to. And it's um, way back, uh, way back when with T.I., Kendrick Lamar. Um, and it, it talks about, man, I'll send it to you. Um, I'm, I'm getting the title. Yeah. The title mixed up for for the people listening. Um, I'm about to try to pull it up on title, but it's uh, it's a Ti song, and I think it's either Roscoe, not Roscoe Dash. Um, this sounds like I'm looking paper at his trend, name dude. right now. Man, it was Ti Kendrick, and back when, let's see, memories back then. Oh my gosh, okay. it's with Ti Bob. And Kendrick Lamar, and the song is all these three rappers talking about like their relationships, man. And it hits, hmm. it hits hard in ways that like I'm gonna have to check that one. Out. Some of it, some of it's extravagant. I mean, not extravagant, but some of it like 
you you know um it touches on it touches on things that 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 all of us have dealt with at some point and he was just talking about how sometimes he sits back and thinks about his past loves or past relationships and the and the vulnerability is like it's something that that we're missing that that's one thing that like I think why Drake just kind of catapulted himself into yeah. the stratosphere is because he was talking about stuff that men and women could could vibe with he would have Dude. those kind of songs but then he would have you know the knock songs the songs that had beat to it you want to listen right, to right but but a lot of his stuff um right. rappers weren't saying the best I ever had or um you know the tempo of like Houston Atlanta Vegas they weren't talking about you know this type of stuff and and it wasn't Dude. until Jay-Z was like Past forty five, he started gonna, talking about when we look back. You know this type of stuff it, with women for being an excellent songwriter, man. I mean, I, and the fans, the true fans oh, yeah. of Drake, really uh, know how good his pen is. Even with all the rumors of ghostwriting and whatnot, sure, he's had some ghostwriters, but in this in this world today, who really hasn't, right? So that doesn't mean that you're uh, a, a bad artist because you've had ghostwriters. Look, if you look at the stuff that Drake himself has actually written. Like, uh, I'm more than just an option. That song, uh, I think one of his best songs is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm refuse I to be forgotten. That's, um, yeah, just the way that it sounds, just the way that it's written. Also, uh, Teenage mm. Fever, two, two hell. I mean, just his, mm. his pen is amazing. And so, uh, the vulnerability that you speak of, I want, I want to harp on that for a second, man, because. You know, we live in this world where the, the, there's the bravado. These guys, a, a lot of men, they try to portray this bravado and ignore the vulnerability. Uh, I think Drake has owned his vulnerability in a way that he doesn't care what you think about him. Uh, he doesn't care that you call him soft. He's aware that you think he's soft. And guess what? He's still going to give you uh, a side, a whole side of a disc that's just soft-ass records. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 and he and I think he's he's embraced it in ways that guys in the, in the past um, haven't necessarily been able to. Um, I think about yep. two guys in particular, LL Cool J and Ludacris, um, are two guys that can touch on some of those things, but it they don't they aren't often given their flowers the same way because back when they were making music, it was kind of like you were this kind of rapper. And um, LL was a little different because, let's be honest. I mean, right. most women consider LL a sex symbol. So, so it, it it was like okay, LL can kind of be in that space. And then he made songs like you know, um, yep, um, uh, Hey Lover, and 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 um, you know, all these type of even around the way, girl is 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 a soft. You know, it's it's a nice song. It's about about a lady. You know, what I'm saying or, or the women you like you're looking at, um. But I think that like certain guys haven't had the space to be as vulnerable and still be considered the same type of rapper. And I think Drake kind of came in and changed that that whole thing. And I don't think anybody has even come close. I mean, you look at guys that you, you see now there's been a merger right. of R and B and hip hop. You know, oh, well, I think about like a Bryson Tiller and, and his. You credit he's a singer. Uh huh. Because there's 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 a few names that come to mind, namely that's Diddy, gotta be right. Um, but before him, mm-hmm. yeah, Jermaine Dupri, yeah, uh, then Dallas uh, Jermaine Dupri, yeah, Dallas, Dallas, a legend. Uh, I used nice. to work for Dallas, nice. man. I've seen, um, yeah, I used to work for him. Um, 
back in Atlanta working for his film production company and I didn't even know the full breadth of his that's somebody and that's somebody we'll get back to that but people that you want to see like in these oh, battles absolutely. Absolutely. Dallas is somebody that's on that list for me people will be mind blown I mean he doesn't care, you know, whether people really know him or not. But he, like John, those are guys that are like, hell of an like prodigies, you know. Vlad's best interviews. Uh, he gave a dope interview. If you if you got a chance, mm. go on YouTube and check out his interview with Vlad TV. Uh, he gave some gems, also some secrets that some stuff I thought I knew, but he he went deep, did a deep dive on Vlad interview. So check that out when uh, whenever you get a chance. I'm gonna check that out. I, I'll say this much, uh, just about Dallas. Right. The, uh, you know, he did the movies Drumline and ATL. Yeah. Drumline is pretty much yep. his life. Dallas doesn't read, can't read music, and he learned how to play just by listening. And he was, like I said, he was a prodigy, man. He was making music in the late '80s, early '90s. You know. Um, but I think, like, like John Tate, like the two things I found out that were that were mind blowing for me was that John yep. Tate wrote "Sweet Lady" by Tyrese when he was 15. And he wrote, Dude. I Miss You by Aaliyah when he was 18. Heavy. Those two things, I was like, those songs and what those songs, like, man, I I couldn't listen to I Miss You it, it, for yeah. months after she passed away. You know what I mean? And then the Jay-Z remix made it even, it was just like, oh, man. And for the, it was the timing of it all. The same thing I can't listen to, um, um, oh, man. It's So Hard by Big Pun. Because the moment he says, yeah, um, man. I just lost 100 pounds. I'm trying to live. Ooh. It was just like, I'm hearing this. This this song dropped after he died. It was like, oh, that line by itself hurts me. Yeah. And I miss you. Yeah. It's like, no, we miss you. So it's like, why are you yeah. singing the song that we should be singing about you? You know, it just, it just the timing of it all just kind of. So when I found yeah. he did that, I was like, man. But let me let me just say this real quick. Between, between Neo and John Tay Austin, who'd you give it to? Uh, history in the game. I gave it to Jante because yep. if we're talking about hits, we be- oh yeah, when he dropped, we belong together. Yep. That now you talked about Sunshine Anderson being played. You know, I don't think necessarily we belong together is going to be played forever because it was it's played. It's probably the most played song, song of history, man. It was that song was played yeah. so much when it was. When it was when it when it was released, it was number one song for like thirty five weeks or something crazy like that. It was like I didn't let's, want, let's I didn't want to see or hear yeah, Mariah Carey's voice. That's a lifetime song, man. You never turn on. Uh, what do we have here? One hundred two point three or ninety six point three? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I think so. But I'm just saying from a from a fact of it's going to be replayed yep. more yep. so because of how big of a hit it was. Than necessarily people want to hear. People want to hear that Sunshine Anderson song. Come home late. Like that song is like it's gonna get you and when you hear We Belong Together, it's 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 a great song. But I mean that thing was beaten to my head. Like it was on the radio everywhere. You turn on 93.9, 95.5, yeah. could not escape that song. No song that either I would I would venture to say none of the songs that anybody played has been played more than that song. Yeah. I think literally it broke airplay records. Yeah. So that was the that was the, the um, Trump car right then and there. Oh, so it's, you know, um, the, Jante, the, man. Uh, we'll like, and that does that in no way discredits me. Yeah, anything. for sure. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I'm with you 100. percent The last, the oh. last one that just happened last night was Scott Storch versus I, I, Manny I, Fresh. Now, 
Um, right. Originally, it was supposed to be Scott right. Storch versus T Pain, and then it went and it flipped. And and Swiss Beats and Timberland had been saying, you know, who would y'all want to see? And they were coming up with people. I'm be honest. I mean, this, the, this I, was I'm, the I'm, most I'm, exactly. exactly. This was the this was most mismatch. apples and oranges type of battle. You know, it was a miss. It was a mismatch, not because yeah. they didn't have hits, right? But Scott's yeah. hits were universal. They were mainstream hits. Manny represents a culture. Manny Fresh. Like, Manny represents it was the this is what I said it was it was a difference yeah. between the impact of the culture yeah. and the actual culture because Scott was making music based on the impact of how big hip hop had gone. He was making exactly. you know 50 Cent could become a, I, I, a, 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 almost a diamond rapper, you know what I'm saying? They went or, Scott Storch would go into the studio or an artist would go into the studio with Scott Storch with the mindset of I need a radio record. Yep. Right. Right. Yep. And he Put will your deliver. Up. Um, and he did deliver. Big little campaign. You know, but Let's see. Uh, you yep. know, lean back. I mean, these are records that for uh, you know are going to be edged in our lifetimes, but they aren't as uh they aren't as important to me. Let's put it that way. I'm going to say it this way: they're not yeah. as as important to me as 400 degrees. By they are. Now, yeah. Or uh, any of the hot boys or anything off of 400 degrees. Man, I I I'll, I'll simply say this. For two things, I'm, I'm gonna get back to the second part. But the first one is, yeah, bling bling was added yeah. to the dictionary. Do you want to talk about something that was for the culture? Bling bling. To this Changed day, people Forever. refer to jewelry as bling bling. You know what I mean? Like that. That was that was. I mean, that was it. And, and but you're right. Like it was. I listened to Manny Fresh beats far more I, I mean, I, frequently than I do Scott I, Storch. I listen to I yep. listen to big timers. Yep. Number one stunner. Get your roll on. Um s- still fly. <laughs> Shout out to the class of 05 from Morehouse. Um that was our incoming freshman song. Like I think I think I think 02, I think your um class of 06, when they came in, they actually had like a a, a song that um sure. you know that they had a spellman, they created their own song for Still Fly, right? But that song was popular the year before, right? And so I remember vividly hearing that song and just being like, this was the anthem. You know, um, if you want to talk about aspirational, Still Fly is is Gator Boots with a pimped out Gucci suit. What do you say? Uh, um, it's almost like like a, I pull up at the club, VIP, yeah. gas tank on E, but all drinks on me. Like that, that the mentality of like, I ain't got it, but I'm going to still... Act like a live it, live it up. It spoke for everybody. You know, got that everything was in my mama name. I don't care who you are. You've been oh, in that man, situation. Man, man, Manny Fresh is for the culture, bro. Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, Manny Fresh was the culture, like is the culture. And and and, and Scott, Scott had. I mean, Scott is far sure. more diverse. I mean, I, I just gotta give it to him. He is. He's far more diverse. You know. I think that. I think. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. he said he was original member of the Roots, I was like, what? And he played. Um, oh my goodness! Um, if you were worried about when, I mean, I was like, "Oh, oh Scott has something to do with this." And him playing the pianos was definitely a plus. And one thing I will say, Manny, Manny, when he did those skits, like the first time he did it was funny, but he kept doing them. It was like you're doing too much, and it also it was a little too much of a dig because Scott had some issues with like yeah uh, finances and like I think he had like some drug use issues. It was kind of like. 
Oh man, I'm don't, gonna say don't, this, don't man. Don't do it, that. You're doing a little too much. I feel um, like it was, May first, wasn't was respectful, well though. It was respectful, like, though. And, and he even mentioned this in the beginning. He was just kind of winging it. He had he to wasn't. go through his files and go through his original files. He wasn't prepared. If I was Manny Fresh, I'm going to have 20 songs lined up for you. He wasn't. That I know the streets is going to fill me on. Yep. I mean, he didn't. He, he fared pretty well. Let's put it out there. He fared very well in this battle. Uh, but he just wasn't as prepared as I would have liked him to be. And then also the sound, the, the impact of a Manny Fresh beat is the yep. sound. Everything about the beat is so intricate. You can only hear it loud. There's yeah. some music that you can only play loud. You can't, it doesn't resonate the same via IG Live. That's true. So uh, you know he has a dope system. You've seen him on IG Live DJing already. He should have been in that same setup, ready to blow the speakers out of everybody's yeah. Yeah, I mean Scott. Scott gets yep. uh, multiple points for playing the piano yep. for songs while they're playing. It was just like, oh man, oh man, this is this is crazy. I think I, I, I yeah, Scott. Scott got that. But he, there's a, I'll, I'll get to the hot. I'm gonna get to the hot takes because uh, there's a song that he played, and it was a. There've been a couple internet arguments that have happened. Um, okay, that I've seen throughout this time period. Right, two in particular were the worst, arguably the worst tweets Uh-oh. I've probably ever seen regarding music happen in the past week. I'll start with this one because we just talked about it. Someone said that, let me get the exact tweet because I don't want to mis, mis- sure. uh, represent how <laughs> foolish this tweet was. The tweet says, folks saying back that ass up, cancels lean back. But a lot of you, in quotations, millennials, don't know back that ass up saw the most popularity in recent years because of oh, social no. media. It wasn't that big when it was released. That person must this person needs to delete their Let Twitter. Let me tell you something. Uh, back that ass up is monumental when it came out as it is. Uh, no, no, it, it's still monumental today. But when it oh dropped, my gosh, it was like nothing. It's ever still heard. monumental, but it dropped. It dropped. Matter of fact, it dropped in '99 because last year. They had a whole thing on social media about the 20th Back anniversary. And it's I reposted it. Song man, man. Your grandma probably knows this song and wants to hear it. Okay? It is one of the songs where it's it's borderline vulgar, but it still makes it it still makes it, it to the cookie. That's why they back okay? that thing up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Still. You can play it at any family setting. Mm-hmm. You can play it any The edited version set. definitely makes it to the cookout. It, it, it's it's the edited the version definitely. Yeah. Two live crew. You're right. You know, it, in the, pre- in the presentation of that song, it's along the same lines of a Two Live Crew or Luke bass music, uh, but it still gets the play that Luke and Two Live Crew won't get at a family function. So that that makes it monumental for me in, in, that, in yeah. that respect. But two, man, Juvenile's ascension to uh, to popularity and fame, like, he had already dropped Han, right? And Han had created that underground buzz for us. Uh, yeah. That it, it, it already smacked us in the side yeah. of the head because if you weren't from Louisiana or that area, you weren't used to that type of vernacular on a rap record. Or the South, right? yeah. Like, you have the Pimp C's of the world. You have, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of people that have that draw, that Southern appeal that is so Southern that it might turn off the Northerners. Right. Ghetto so boys. So there's some people that are so South that it turns <clears throat> yeah. off the North. Yeah, goody mob. Uh, back okay. that ass up. Transcended amongst all regions. So it's undeniable. That person, whoever that person yeah. was, they can't. They had to been. They had to be. It is a national. It's a ne- They didn't live through it. Uh, yeah. It's a Negro. It's a Negro national anthem. Like literally, I'm gonna tell you another song that that falls in line with that. 
Oh Swag God. surfing oh is our generations before I let go. As far as group dancing, it, like when swag surfing play, I haven't been to a wedding in the no. last two, two swag three years. Surf, I haven't played swag uh, surfing. Is the is the new kumbaya? You can. It's the new we shall overcome. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's everybody's I, all I together. To I'm gonna grab you. Everybody left to right. Yeah, we gonna swag yeah. surf, but but yeah. but back that thing up is the same way. But it, it, it's it's the same way as far as like to me that song. And I said this when I first saw this tweet. One of my friends posted it. When I when that song first no, came out, it was a song you. that defines your night if you yeah. out. Because you would have to let me just say this real quick. If, if you if you had a thing for a chick in the club, or she had a thing for you, you might even hover oh my goodness. around just now, for I'm, the dance. And when this song plays, you dance with her. I can't think of many songs that have come out that 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 specific instance the happens first few more that than song, back that the, thing the, up was. That, that the menacing intro. Oh, it gives you chance to get to the dance so floor. I, 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 you know, I tried my hand at DJ a few times. I can't blend for shit. I can't mix for shit. I'm be honest with you, but I have got paid, got gotten paid to DJ mm-hmm. a few times. I, that would start off my set if I didn't know where to start off. I would start off the party with back that ass up. Just to let people know how the rest of the night was about to go. Yo, you got and you got to start. The, you might if you're a real I'm, good I'm, DJ. I'm talking over, I'm talking over the you, intro. You start it back up. I'm hyping up dun, the crowd over dun, the dun, intro. Dun, and then you start it back up. It gives exactly. people the chance exactly. to get to where they need to be for when that beat drops. Because when that beat drops, you you can't. And the thing is, you can't be. You ever had a situation where that song plays and it's Come like. On. A woman you don't want nothing to do with, and then you're Come like, on. "This just messed up my night because it's the wrong woman in front of me." <laughs> That's the only song I can think of where it's like Look. you're trying to align your stars Maybe. to be with the right woman when that song drops. That is right. that's how impactful that song was when it came out. That's how it is right now. It's 2020. Yeah. That yeah. song has the same impact. Same matter of fact, that Come uh. On. Presidential right. candidate was, was just guy? on stage with Duke now like two months ago. <laughs> uh, yup, it was Steyer. It was like, get yeah, out of here. This person, I know they talk. Lean back was 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 lean back was important because yeah. it was Fat Joe's biggest hit. Remy Ma was on it, so Remy Ma was first getting angry for people that knew her before. This is her first like like she became more of a household for name sure. because that song. It's a dope song. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that it's not, but. Um, as far as and even when they try to play like Still DRE, yeah, when yeah. Scott Source drops Still DRE, that's one of my favorite Dr. Dre songs of all time. But it does it's not the anthem. You like know, it is that is an anthem. I think the that's not just a song. That's an song anthem. For Still Dre. Let's, let's be real here. Those keys are menacing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh 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 for sure. And those keys, man. There are three songs. There are three songs <laughs> that I want to learn how to play the piano for. Okay. Steel DRE is one of them. Ooh. The other two are Clocks by Coldplay and um, A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. I literally have a playlist called okay. Piano, and those are the only three songs on it. Oh, I'm you know sorry. And full, and full Moon you know by Brandon. You know what I think about when I think about the, the those keys four on songs. Dre, I think about uh, the keys on I Ain't Mad At You. Um, <laughs> is that forever oh. in your brain? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. You're right about uh, that. Mind playing tricks on me. That... 
there's a few songs every Ooh, once in a while. There's a few songs. Yeah, that yeah, and, yeah. And the keys are are what make the song. Uh, and and that's nothing to take away from the song those those songs that I just named, but but mm-hmm. particularly still Dre. It's like I don't care if right. I hear but, the but, rest of the rapping on it. Uh, just play the damn beat. Yeah. Once you hear those pianos, dun, dun. and I, and I, like I said, that's one of my all time favorite dr. Yeah. Like, yeah. sorry, one of all time favorite Dr. Dre songs. But however, it first right. and foremost, Scott didn't produce that. He just played the keys. So it was a little Manny played. From what I know, Manny, yeah. all the songs he played were songs he produced himself. Not he just came and laid an instrument on. Um, almost got mad at Timberland. When Tim, not mad, yeah, but when Timberland so did stronger, stronger. And um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah, that's a, that's an amazing song. But you added instruments. I went back to look at the credits. You didn't produce that. But 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 so same with Scott in this one. But I just think when you compare an anthem and people even talking about it, it was a draw. I was like, no, it's not, dog. No, no it's not. Still, the re wasn't even on the radio like that. It was it was it had a video, a dope video, and it was it was it was a it was a hit. Uh, yep. It was as far as it being quality music, and it was on the chronic, but it wasn't. It wasn't like if you to put that up against say sure, uh, sure. gin and juice or something, it's like okay, these are two anthems. You know what I'm saying? But still, DRE won that. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, Scott still won. But yeah, when I saw that t- that tweet, I was like, you got to be kidding me! Now the second tweet, the second tweet that I saw, okay, where they must be on that Sean Garrett, right? Is this guy said, pull up the tweet again. This guy said, is this the same the same guy? Okay. I'm talking about different. No, this is a different guy. This guy said, I'll just read a tweet and you'll you, you gather what I'm saying, what he says. I'm talking about Kanye having better production than Quincy Jones. Oh Quincy got heat, but not a longer list than Kanye. Can we send this person I'm, I'm tell you now. directly to the Corona Hospital? The, the psychiatric I'm ward or whatever now, hospital is open now for coronavirus. They never heard Soul Boss and Nova. They never listened to the whole album Soul Boss and Nova. They never listened to Q. They never listened to... Uh... You know what you know this Bama said? You know, no, no. I'm going to say, I'm going to mess it up. And this is this is this is going to come full circle. One thing he that the he tried to say in, in subsequent tweets about this. He said, yeah, you know, Quincy got, you know, Quincy got, got bar, got heat. You know what I'm saying? But y'all, it's not yeah. like y'all be riding around listening to it. Man, yeah. what do you mean? I don't listen to Beethoven all the time. But but if you're saying Beethoven versus Zaytoven, Beethoven is listen. the person. You, it's like, that you know what I'm saying? It's like, what are you talking about? His finger, his, to know that his fingerprint is in everything. Every day. Listening. I'm going to say that one more time for the listeners. No. You, you don't have to listen to Quincy Jones directly yeah. every day to know, as a music fan, that his fingerprint is in everything that you're listening to right now. The arrangements wouldn't exist. Pharrell wouldn't Transition the way he does if it wasn't for Quincy Jones. Okay? Kanye wouldn't have the transitions that he has in his music if it wasn't for Quincy Jones. So respect the throne. Please. Please. Quincy Quincy Jones, there's nobody on God's green earth that can compare with Quincy Jones. Nobody compares to Quincy Jones. Nobody, man. Come on now. He did TV theme songs that we I'm, still. I'm, I mean, theme. oh my gosh, yeah, Soul Boss, yeah, Austin Powers to the theme, yeah, for Soul Boss and Nova. I mean, just musically, I mean, the dude has the most Grammys. I think there's one other person that has yeah. more Grammys than him, but he's like a technical person. He's just in every, you know, um, 
last time I checked, Quincy Quincy has over eighty Grammy nominations. I think forty overall wins. Even if you just say he yeah. gave you Thriller, which is should shut everything down, it, it's just the fact that Quincy has made music on 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 more, not just with more artists. Oh my god! Right, decades, different decades. genres of music. You know what I'm saying? No one has touched the amount of genres. Everything that from was, the 50s he, up. He was with Count Basie. He played with Louis Armstrong, Frank Sinatra, like you said. I mean, Michael Jackson to. I mean, who else yeah, could do not, We Are the World? Kanye can't here. bring all those people together. We're no. not talking. I mean, I, I just, I, I wanted, to, I just wanted to say those are two, those people, two, those two hot can't, takes that are rather cold. That I think both of those uh, people. It's just their Wi-Fi. Somebody need to change their Wi-Fi password or something because it's just, it's that's absurd. That then they've been trying to. The one guy that talked about uh, uh, back that ass <laughs> up. He hasn't been as active on Twitter. As much when I went through and looked, he wasn't talking about. It. He was talking about other stuff, but not that. The guy named DJ Green Villain who was talking about DJ? Quincy and Kanye. He's still acting like he's still tweeting. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst part. He is a DJ. He is a DJ. The other person I think was just some random that's person, but this guy is a DJ. And and it was like, what are you talking about, bro? And first and foremost, I mean, even before the Quincy documentary, you should have known not to come in. There is no. People say the goat, Nathan. Oh, he's a goat. No, greatest of all time is is, is a term out. disposed yep. in, uh, exactly. signify one person, and that person is Quincy Jones. There's very few. There's very few uh, industries. There's very few um, even positions in the sport. You can't point guard and center in basketball or pitcher. Everybody, Everybody else kind of is like, okay, well, this person or this Everybody person. There is good. nobody else compared to Quincy Jones. Everybody, but even then, if you would say you, some people could argue yeah. that Michael Jordan isn't the best player of all time, I think he is, right? But sh- there's no compare. There's nobody to Quincy Jones. Like it's like who's who's yeah. who, who, you, you, who got you, you couldn't Quincy? put him in a battle. No like, one. You couldn't put him in a battle at all. Mm-mm. No, there's no battle. There's no. Maybe, there's no. There's Stevie, no. It's Quincy versus then, himself. You just say no. Nah, but see, Stevie, yeah, it's, it's apples and oranges, man. Because Quincy's just so vast. I mean. He, he has he has albums that he's yeah. done where he's arranged people, he's See, arranged for other Stevie, people. Stevie would have to include um, he, himself as an artist in that. It's, it's way he would different, just have man. to focus on the records that he himself has produced and written. Quince, Stevie, Stevie's another person in that space that like oh, this is this is something that I actually tweeted out or put on Facebook that, that blew my mind about Stevie. All Stevie's time. my all time favorite artist. All time favorite and musician. I'll, I'll tell you a funny all story time, hands down, my favorite artist. But Wow, wow. So, um, so Stevie Wonder, what I oh. consider to be the greatest album of all time is Songs in the Key of Life. Right? So, I was going through through these battles. I was looking at certain people. I was trying to figure out what battles would I want to see. And I Ooh. came up with Babyface and, and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. That was like, I was like, this is it. Then I went and looked at Babyface's yeah. Grammy nominations and I was like, oh my God, I did not know that he had this many, these many Grammy nominations. And so I'll just end up going through looking at Stevie and seeing, once again, mm-hmm. Grammy nominations. Stevie mm-hmm. has over 70 nominations, by the way, right? But this stood out to me. He won right. album of the year for three straight albums. Only artist right. ever. For inter, for Intervisions. Seven, oh, for, for, okay. For, no, no, it was 73. Intervisions, 73. Yeah, Intervisions, 73. Um, 
uh, fulfilling fulfilling this first they, finale in '74 and Songs of Key Life in '76. Um, he won yeah. four Grammys each yeah. those years. Um, so after a three year period of earning twelve Grammys and nineteen Grammy nominations, just off those three Grammy Grammys alone, Boy. he was twenty six years old Boy. at that time. So he started Ooh. this process like Inner Visions dropped. Um, he was twenty three. At the end of this streak, he was only 26 years old. When I found out that Songs in the Key of Life, yeah. which I, I consider to be the greatest that. album of all time, was, was done by, by Stevie. Yeah. At 26 where, years where was old, I, I was like, what, what, what have I done with my life? At 26 years old. Where was, man. Now, and, and I will say, I was just, Stevie, I was just blown um, away. We'll give credit to um, the women that he was with at the time because I think uh, the the wife that he had at the time wrote a lot of his songs. As oh well. yeah, yeah. Uh, and he has a uh, co-writing credit. I, I learned mm, that recently mm-hmm. as well. But but Stevie is amazing, man. Uh, it's uh, amazing. It don't matter, man. Stevie's blind. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it's like, like yeah. Of, of course, Stevie has writers. I, I'm pretty. Who, I'm pretty sure he has to have writers, man. Who does Physic- you know what I'm saying? He's not he can't physically write. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it didn't matter if yeah. if I, I I don't worry about none of that stuff. Most of these people don't write their oh own stuff. Goodness. Most people yeah. don't even play their own instruments. Stevie does both. But he's blind. Like so oh. so I don't even use Stevie's blindness to talk about how great of an artist he is, right? But For when sure. you say, Oh, does he have co-writers? I'm pretty <laughs> sure because sure, can he put pen to paper? So, so this, he this can't put pen to paper. Into, he can pro- story, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what it so uh Part-time, I still do uh, okay. every now and then, but part-time for the last decade or so since I've, uh, actually more than a decade since I graduated from Morehouse, I came back to D.C. and I started working for an event staffing company uh, okay. that does high-end um, events here okay. in D.C., so namely the uh, BET Honors Awards, if you ever uh, are, are um, privileged enough to, to come to mm-hmm. a recording of the BT Honors Awards, I'm usually uh, one of the people that are working a door or working a perimeter in some kind of fashion. Anyway... Uh, this particular year, they were honoring mm-hmm. Stevie, and I think Mariah Carey was there as well. Anyway, so it's the end of the night, and we're all, you know, jazzed mm-hmm. up. We just saw this amazing performance that we got to see while getting paid. Um, and so it's the end of the night, and we're thinking, okay, everything's clearing out. Even the artists are clearing out. Usually the artists go through the back door. This is at the Warner Theater in D.C. Um, so artists have a special interest. They don't have to come to the front door. Stevie, mm-hmm. so 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 all the event staff were all in the right. lobby of the Warner Theater just wait, lined up waiting to get our pay for the night and go home. Stevie and his handler walk in the door of the lobby. They walk through like they're about to exit. There's a car waiting for Stevie outside. Mm-hmm. We're in the lobby. It's like 30 of us in black suits. And we're all kind of raucous before he walks in, you know. And then we notice that Stevie Wonder just walks in the lobby. Let me tell you, brother, it got deathly quiet. It got so quiet in that room, brother. I mean, you could hear a rat piss on cotton in that room once Stevie entered the lobby of the Warner Theater where we were all Mm. sitting. It's 30 of us. It was so eerily quiet that, I I mean, the tone immediately changed when we saw him. And it was so eerily quiet that even Stevie made note. He he leaned over to his handler. He's like, what's going on? (laughs) The handler said... uh, Right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. I hear Stevie has an amazing sense of humor too. So I've, I've heard, I've met people that, that have uh, like, met Stevie. Uh, he's, you know, he's hilarious. Staff, they're, I guess they're waiting to get off. Well, you know, he's, the handler's telling him what's going on. He's like thirty brothers in here. We're, we're, we're describing the scene to him. Mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder is a class act because he could have easily made a beeline straight to his car, waiting for him outside. Let me tell you what Stevie did. 
Stevie had his handler walk him around the whole room and shake everybody's hand. I shook Stevie Wonder's large, very large hand. I will never mm. forget how his hand wrapped around my whole wrist, and I'm just trying to shake his hand. He walked in and shook everybody's mm. hand. It's 30 of us. It easily 30, at least 30 of us. He did not leave until he shook wow. everybody's hand and said, hey, how you doing? Thank you for what you're doing. Yo, in that moment, you realize, you think, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this person how much I love them. I'm going to tell this person how much of my life I've given to listening to them. And so many other mm -hmm. words that I could have said in that moment, brother, I was speechless. I had a voice that was somewhere that I could yeah, not I reach can into because I'm shaking this man's hand. And I'm like, oh, bro, it, it was a moment in my life that I will never forget because yeah. I never, ever in my life felt like I didn't have control over my own body. Okay. This man, and, and I'll say this, Songs of the Kid Life right. is definitely the best album ever made. Uh, for me, my favorite Stevie album is Talking Book. Um, because Talking Book found me in a, in a point in my life, ah. in a time in my life that the words and some of the lyrics in those songs spoke to me heavily. Uh, and, and if you listen to the projection of Talking Book, it starts at a place and it ends at a place. And through that trajectory is an up and down of a relationship, Right. So go back and listen to that whole album before. I think it's only about mm -hmm. 11 or 12 songs on that album, but they are very just like, oh my God, man. Whoever put the pen to the paper for that album, uh, was, it was meant for me. It talks to me immensely, man. Um, it, it's just like you were saying, how that, that level it's of vulnerability that Drake has, has achieved. I think Talking Book for me is that level of vulnerability that I'm at as a man in a relationship. Um. Mm. I tell you, I, I have, well, I guess two CV stories. Well, one is just the fact that um, I got to take my sister. My dad is a huge uh, Stevie Wonder fan. That's how I got introduced. Um, and when I was younger, my dad, we played Intervisions and Songs in the Kid Life, like in the car. Like it was like when we got back in the car, we, we yeah. stopped where we finished. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I listened to the whole album um, while driving around with my dad. And after listening to both albums, I must have been, in, I was in junior high. I was at Paul. And yeah, um, yeah. he gave me both of his copies. I still have the Songs of the Kid Life CD in my car. Right his Songs of the Kid Life double disc in my car. Uh, yeah. And so, my sister, my dad God passed bless. in 2010. My sister was 10. My sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my sister at the time was ten years old, and she also knows she knows Stevie kind of through knows that my dad loves Stevie, but definitely through me. And I was fortunate enough to take her to my first oh, Stevie man. Wonder concert at Verizon Center. Well, you were probably so she was by far the youngest person. Was there. that that free concert? Those that you did? Were... The three hours. So long, I so that was gonna say CD I was concert? at the free concert too. Oh my god. The one that was that was right down there by by RFK, I was there, man. That was Ooh. when I caught wind of that. I I beeline. No, no, I was, no. I'm this, be this late to work. It was like eight o'clock in the I morning. Say was the MCI oh. center at the time? Was free? Okay. No, I wasn't at that one. I was at the one he did. He did a free one on the grass area oh, in front of between me, um the armory and the parking lot. Man, he did a free one. It was the uh, Songs and Key Life tour because he had never toured on this album before, apparently. So this was the Songs in the Key of Life tour I took my sister to a couple years ago. And then a couple months later, he did a free one because he did a whole nother 
I guess a whole nother leg and he did a free concert. Man, oh. I was I was within like I mean I can see Ooh. beads of sweat off Stevie. You know, outside in that grass yep. area, yep. you know, right in front of uh armory, in front of RFK, and I was like, Man, yeah. this was this was amazing. And 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 you know, but I was fortunate looking at my sister sing songs that she knew, some of the songs she didn't know. I mean she was she's a teenager at the time, you know, uh, was like, man, this was, there yeah, was one of the times yeah. was like, I, I got to take, I got to experience something. We both like, got to experience like, like, okay, this for the first that. time together. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. Oh. Yeah. And I, and I surprised her with the tickets. So I went to pick her up and, and um, I went to pick her up from mom's house. And, and I think I told her like, Oh, we're going to go to the movies or something. We're going to go to dinner. And we put them at my aunt's house. My aunt had just moved. So she had never been to my aunt's new house. So she was like, she's like, oh, I knew you were going here. And I was like, guess we're going after this. And she was like, where? What? And I videotaped. I was like, we're going to see Stevie Wonder. And she started screaming. Because I knew when we walked in the house that everybody yeah, was going to yeah. talk about it. So I wanted to surprise her before we walked in the house. And everybody was like, you so, that's, uh, oh I'm so mad at that. I'm, I'm, you know, they, they, were, they were like jealous or whatever. I was like, man, we went. She started falling asleep a little bit towards yeah. the end. I was like, it was, it, it was late for her. But it was it was it. I'm, I'm get, another thing. My sister made me extra proud was she saw the Neo Jante Austin battle, and she went back and looked at the playlist for the song she missed. Oh, and she said <laughs> she knew every song, and I was like, even ideal. Yeah, she was like, gone. I need the yeah. ideal yep. uh, song too, and I was like, I was like, I never felt so proud. Like, <laughs> like all my 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 '90s R and B like somehow rubbed off. My sister's 19 now. I'm like, you knew. Tony yep. Braxton, like, just be a man about and, it. And shout out she to was like, I knew that, that song, too. I was like, man. Uh, these are just people that were viewers like we were. That oh, man. Man. So I'm benefiting greatly from that. I will say, yeah, so, yeah. In, in that was... it had to be 2009. Uh, I was working for the Salvation Army in D.C., and I caught wind that uh, there was a special event happening that night. So I only had a few hours to organize and get to some quote unquote special event that no one was telling me what it was. Uh, but I had, uh, I had inherited 15 tickets mm-hmm. uh, to the special event at the Verizon. Center. So it was the Verizon mm-hmm. Center in 2009. Um, and I was a volunteer coordinator at okay. Salvation Army. So I think immediately, okay, I'm going to disperse this amongst some of my greatest, you know, volunteers. So I had uh, so a few volunteers couldn't make it, but the ones that could, I gave them tickets. Okay. I ended up having at least eight tickets mm-hmm. left. Now, this ended up being one of me and my wife's uh, okay. first dates, but I took her, her dad, her dad's okay. girlfriend at the time, my mom, her mom, my dad, and my uh, dad's sister, my aunt. We all went to this special event, quote unquote. I didn't tell them what it was because I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was. We get there, and then they announced that Stevie Wonder is about to do three hours of music for, for teachers, nonprofit Aww. volunteers. Uh, uh, fire department, no way. department at the Verizon Center tonight. When I tell you, bro, that the place exploded, I mean, uh, I will never forget the feeling of hearing the, the anticipation of knowing that I'm about to listen to Stevie Wonder. He had no opening acts. This wasn't no regular concert. He just popped into D.C. and decided he wanted to do a free concert. Hours later, I'm sitting down with my wife, you know, soon to be wife, not at the time, wasn't even thinking this was going to be my wife. I'm just thinking this is a date for a woman that I'm interested in. She can bring her family along and I can meet them too. 
this was one of the wow, that was this, the first that was the first time, time you met her met family. Her dad. So I met her mom before because I've been at her mom's house. But her dad is on the Eastern mm. Shore of Maryland. I think this is the first time that I met her dad, who was also a singer, uh, and was I think that kind of won him over in a sense. Um, so it's it's all of us there plus right, right, right. Salvation Army, bro. Oh, when wow. I tell you, Stevie started at like eight, and then we did, he didn't stop until eleven, and he was also interacting with the crowd. And telling people to come up on stage and telling stories and jokes to us. I mean, it doesn't get as intimate as that. Even in the Verizon Center, a, a venue so big, even in a venue that big, I felt so intimately uh, close to Stevie in that moment. Man, that's a that's man. I wish I'd have known a call when I, I, in two thousand nine. I was still in this, Atlanta. This was in the unless summertime. It was in the fall. It was fall when I came back up here for grad yeah. school. Oh yeah, I was still in Atlanta. I'm sorry. I was still in Atlanta. Dang, that's yeah, man. That it's funny, man. This whole conversation is based around music, and and, and what I what I've learned too throughout this is that a lot of it is like you know this sounds good, but it's how you make it makes you feel, and also re- the the reminiscing of where you were when you first heard these songs because <laughs> we spent so much time talking about back that back that ass up, right? Like. And I remember where I was when I first heard that song. I remember where I was when I heard Still Fly. I remember where I was when I heard, um, you know, yep. some of the songs that, that Swiss and Timberland produced and, and D-Nice was playing. It was just like, man, this is music. They always say music is a universal language, and it, and it really is. And throughout this time period where people don't have as much to do, the one thing yep. that's bonding us together is the music, you know. Um and I've been doing all these challenges on my Instagram store. You know, people tag me. Yeah, yeah 90s challenge, 90s R&B <laughs> challenge. Today I got a throwback twerk challenge. I started hey. playing uh, I Need a Hot Girl. Somebody else played uh, Scar, and I was like, oh, okay. So my, my okay. IG story okay. has become if, a if mix North of the box. Is, Northeast Groovers is on and, um, and BT Uncut. <laughs> I might I might have to put I might have to put some uh some go go on my next one if they so I get tagged again for throwback twerk challenge. Um yeah. but yeah, it's been it's been it's been an amazing time. It's interesting. Um that's what I was gonna say too. So one, the up the next upcoming one is Lil John and T like Pain. I, I personally don't like, don't like this matchup. Um I oh, think yeah. that Lil yeah, John yeah. should have gone up against Manny Fresh. You know, um, because I think that that's the same energy and they match each other. I know Lil John has no, ventured no, out no, no, no. to do like a lot of reggae tone and and things of that yep. nature, the but the songs that he that that we know him for match up better oh, with either Paul. him or like a DJ Paul. You know, DJ yeah, Paul yeah. would have been perfect with Three Six Mafia. Like though, that's that's the set Little, you want to hear. Is, he I think I think um, being in Atlanta. Oh my being God, did Atlanta, he ever, man? Crunk Juice. <sighs> Oh, hey, man, um, let me, let me to echo that point, right? So um, we get a lot of things that, that I'm eventually might even talk about furthermore uh, down the road. But I always say that my, my college experience in Atlanta, I feel like yep. I got there the right yep. exact time for it to, to see the bubbling of it. And, I, and it happened. I mean, obviously, you oh, came yeah. a year after me. It was still in that infancy stage as well. Or not infancy stage, but it started as far as mainstream is concerned. But Crunk Juice is the first album where there were songs on that album that we had played out for six months that then hit national radio, and we were ahead of the curve. It was the first time, I think, 
and 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 the yep. South, the South was ahead of mainstream. And when we got to college, we go to like Market yep. Thursday, Market Friday, and buy New York mixtapes. You know, your Jada Kids, Fabulous, Jay Z, Unreleased, all this stuff. By the time Crunk Juice came out and Get Low hit the radio, the summer of '03, as well as as well as yeah. um, Never Scared by Bone Crusher, two songs that came out, we heard at least I heard in August, September. August, September, October, no. had been playing them every day for five, six months before they ever hit the radio. It was after that, people that lived in D.C. Exactly. used to ask me exactly. to bring them Southern music that we heard first. And it was like, oh, but Little John was that. Little John, it was, Little John was, it was that Lil person John, that actually put the Jesus. South sound. It, it was Little John. Or Atlanta, I would say, specifically Atlanta. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, then it was Young Jeezy for sure. I, I remember. Uh, then it was Young Jeezy for sure. Here about Young Jeezy, um, they'd be like Young Jizz, Young Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember vividly coming back from my annual Thanksgiving party that I used to throw uh, familiar faces, and we started in '05. And I remember we were we were. Uh, it was over at uh, the, oh, was Amsterdam yeah. Lounge now. I can't yep. think. It used to be called uh, Duke City on U Street, and they played. Um, <laughs> Me, me and the trap is going down, young jock. And we started yeah. uh we started doing the motorcycle and the snap. And all my friends in DC, you could see them trying to learn to dance. And we were like, Right, this is what you what you mean? This is how you do it. Like, this is what you what you mean you don't know how to do this. And I was like, that was it. It was like people were looking you know at what? us like we were the black kids in Europe doing like the running man. They were like, Oh, show Listen me how to do that. It was like, Oh realize, man, Atlanta. We were there. The only thing that I listened to during our time at Morehouse uh, was probably the blueprint because of the, the, the cultural impact. That mm. it had. Um, Not Stillmatic? I listened I to Stillmatic like almost as much as Blueprint because they came out around the same time. DC. And I also saw Jay and Nas a month apart. I saw Ah, but not in Atlanta. Club during the height of their beat. That was a time. That was an experience. Oh, dude, I, I don't, I don't miss. You've been to a lot of dope concerts, Lamar. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. I'm looking at calendars a year ahead to see who coming to DC. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, see, I need, to, I need to be Absolutely. on that. The, that. The, the last, need to text the last, we need to be on the same. Because I at Howard Theater, and he did the 25th anniversary of Black on Both Sides. Let me tell you something, man. I don't think any other rap album oh. in my life uh, besides Black on Both Sides. Man, there's a lot of rap albums that I've listened to, but Black on Both Sides is one that I, I think it found me. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Black on Both Sides, yeah. Like yeah. you said, you were close I mean, to see the sweat bees on Stevie. Man, I dapped up most deaf, and that's one of them. I, I feel like I can die now. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 real. I, when I was in college, I listened to um, that. So, so that's so even to talk about the whole like me feeling like Atlanta, like the emerging of Atlanta music. I feel personally attached to Ti because Ti's first album dropped by my first month of college, and by the time I was graduating. He had become mainstream yep. to the yep. point ATL dropped our senior year. And so you're seeing, and then King dropped alongside ATL. And you and what you know to this day is the oh, first man. song I play you know every time I land at Hartsfield Airport. And then so I feel like I've watched T.I. grow from 
freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And to that, that moment, when I walked the stage, graduation, that, that he was a full <laughs> senior becoming an alum in the game. Like, it was like, so T.I. T.I. is like, yeah, Jeezy yeah. is second. I can never, no matter what anybody says about who are the best rappers of all time, T.I. and Jeezy will always be two of my absolute favorite rappers. I'm personally yeah. attached to their careers because oh I watched them. Like, I remember when Trapper Die dropped. And I remember, you know what I'm saying? So, to, so even to your point, even with, like, like with Lil Jon and Manny Fresh and, 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 and these guys, it's like the, the, the Lil Jon was just that for me. And I think when, you, when, you, when, when Swiss Beats and Timberland yeah. do these and, and I would love to consult them. You know, I'll be sending little messages in their, in their IG stories, IG lives, so they can comment. And they commented on my baby face, Jimmy Jan and Terry Lewis. I also said Babyface versus Teddy Riley. Um, I don't think, I think Babyface is also in a category where he just got, if you say 20 songs, bro, he, he can kill Absolutely. the game with like number one, number one, number one as his first song. Like, so it's kind of hard with him, but there are a couple other guys that I would like to see. My ultimate one, hip hop wise, for real, for real, is Pharrell uh, versus Timberland. I know we heard the Timberland Swiss and all that, that's, that's but I want to see Pharrell. I want to yeah, see Neptune versus Timberland for the culture, for the culture. Yeah, I mean, and they're friends. So I went back and looked. Right. Timberland went to high school with with the Clips. You know what I'm saying? They went to high school together, but Pharrell, like they all grew up like together like yep. they they all knew each other yep. in high school you know what i'm saying um tim land's a little older i mean we a year or two older than pharrell but pharrell got put on earlier and oh yeah i mean and, and, and that's the thing exactly. teddy riley's from, from virginia so much people yeah. think he's from virginia he's from the, he's from harlem yeah you know what i'm saying but but teddy i found out teddy riley did oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. um the show uh-huh. Dougie, Dougie Fresh and, and Slick Ricky produced the show, yep. and he produced Children's Story, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm like, okay, if he's doing that versus Babyface, okay, I, I, then that's something that I think y'all can match up. But I think it's got to be for the South. You got to have either Mike Will made it versus Zaytoven. I like that. Yeah, I, like I would that. say Mike Will made it versus Zaytoven. <laughs> I think that's that's one I would love to see. They said Metro Boomin is busy, so so he wouldn't be because the third person I thought about. Was uh, was probably London on the track. London on the track has got a lot, a lot of stuff. But Mike Will versus Beethoven. Um, it's got to be a whole trap genre. Pete Rock versus Premier. I wanted, yeah, yeah. I wanted oh, DJ Premier versus Pete classic. Rock. I think that would be. I'm trying to think of good that would be right so now. dope. Think, um, yeah, think of thing. I mean, if if I'm going through. Um, those are my, probably my big, I mean, now they've already talked about this happening, but this is definitely the biggest one they oh, say yeah. could possibly yeah. happen is Puppy versus JD. Yeah. That's got to be 50 That's songs. It can't even be 20. Played. You know, it's not even just stuff. Oh, for sure. Because you, you talking about like, and, and, and then let's talk, these were, these were, these were, these were movements. Let's, let's be real about these were absolute uh, movements. The contributions that either of these brothers have, have made to music, right? So Diddy himself may not have been the person playing the keys or, or putting it together, but he's another Quincy. He, he's a descendant of Quincy. Yeah. He's an he, arranger. He can, he's, he can, yeah, he's he an arranger. Of music, if that makes sense to you, he can eyeball and say, that's it right there. Uh, the cinematic yep. yeah, rap yeah, yeah. music that, that he created, 
there's a whole genre, the hit makers. He would tell the hit makers, oh look, gosh, this is how I wanted to feel, goodness. this is how I wanted to sound. And people like Stevie J will go in and just yeah. make it happen. That's how, that's, yeah. Come on. Stevie J, man, Come when I went Mariah back Carey, and looked at his Biggie, his catalog TLC. after he got famous, man, no, when he, he did, no, no, he wins off of one song oh, and one song alone. Yeah. Notorious Thugs. Hell yeah. Notorious Thugs, Biggie and, and Bone is yeah. one of the most immaculate rap a, songs a ever created. Well, I call it cinematic like rap it's, because I love it that much. It's, it's only rap music that you can't put no bullshit. Yeah, you can't, Rick, and it, and it, yeah. You can't get on that music and specifically the only some person ABC rap. Yep. No, you know who no, does that now? In my opinion, JBs. yeah, yeah. Not on Stevie. The only Ross. person that's like that now yeah. with cinematic raps is Rick Ross. Rick Ross got it locked down. Larger than life. He makes music that's like stadium music only. It's like you, 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 yeah, larger than life music. I think, I'm trying to think, like you said, like it would have to be someone Ooh. like Hitmakers versus Dungeon Family or something. Like it's, it's, it's some, yeah, man. But I would oh. say, I would say mine, I'm going to go through. I, I said I Primo versus Pete Rock. Alchemist. Uh, JD Hattie. versus Diddy. Now, What's up? Yeah. So they so they said that they said that um, that pocket. definitely works because that's they they're in the similar space they they have overlap um, of people. But, but uh, I but think Mob Deep produced a lot of shit that you. Yeah, he produced yep. he produced yep. for Prodigy. He produced for Prodigy. Yeah, he produced for Prodigy. Okay. Not so okay. much Mob Deep as a group, but definitely for Prodigy as a solo artist. Um, I, I just watched a video on Twitter that showed. Alchemist working on the beat for um, "Hold You Down" Ooh. while my pr- prodigy was rapping from his notebook. I'll, I'll send it to you. It was it's literally the live version of them Man. going to shoot for the first time. Alchemist is <laughs> just like working the beat, and prodigy cool. has it wrapped. It's, it's, I, I it's, 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 it's history. Music, it's history. But about anything for real, brother. We always had the best conversations. Man. Yeah, we linked. We got it. <laughs> Very true. I ain't realize. Look, it's we had a we had an hour and thirty minutes. Look. I think it's time. I think the listeners time to go. Uh, they like man. I love this conversation. They they, they they just they just going on and on. You know, like we said, we we gotta. Yeah. Likewise, bro. Um, we gotta yeah. link up again. I did your podcast yeah. first. You you blessed me and come on mine. Um, we gotta finish up the convo about about DC and and what it was like I, growing I, up I here. Mean, for me, man, that's in that and then during that's the nineties when we did and. To, I want to take it beyond the conversation. For for me and you, we can reach into our Rolodex of uh, of contacts and really talk to people that are DC born and bred and new and were there. And I want to make it a piece. It's a project that I think deserves visuals. Um, you know, when when, when all this virus shit, wow, that's yeah, to encapsulate that point that period in time. Um, and I would love to have it and own it and distribute it to the world because I don't think people really get it, man. Like we can take a snapshot of DC now, and I know you're a historian of DC, man. You got a bunch of pictures and stuff, and I've been trying to track down pictures of old venues. Like uh, I didn't know that. I, so I live right around the corner from uh, this uh, CBS that's on Second and Kennedy Street, Northwest. I didn't know that that was once a go-go venue before it was uh-huh. people's drugstore yep. back in the day. I didn't know that, and I. Yeah, one, oh. shout, out, shout out to my big bro Jeffro. I didn't know that either. Shout out to Jeffro, man. His dad, Big Big John, Big John used to play in there, uh, and he gave me some photos of him playing, and what is now CVS over here. So just little stuff like that, man, that you don't know. It's little stuff like well, we know this part. There's a you know big 
uh, emerging black restaurant called Milk and Honey. And their first, mm. I think their first location is the old Ibex on Georgia and Missouri. Wow. Yeah, it's right. It's right on Georgia and Missouri. It's the bottom floor. And a lot of people see it and they know it's like, oh, yeah, Milk and Honey. And they'll go to brunch there. Yeah. And it's like, man, this this location was the biggest go-go oh club. The Black, the Black Hole is now a dentist, <laughs> a dentist office. You know, but it's just like these type of places. And also talking about go-go, I think for people that, and I, I'm envisioning how long a conversation will be, but I just was just swiftly for, for all the listeners. We want to talk about, yeah, also talk about the industry yeah. of go-go to and understand our perspective of music. And think about that, yeah. Lamar, because it's, I, you know where I can go with that. And I want to, I want to explain that to people is that I want people that aren't even from DC to really listen um, to understand our perspective of music and what music meant to us growing up. And, and, and even Wait, if you don't that? like go-go music, it's, it's very similar to talking to somebody from Detroit during the 60s or 70s or 50s when they grew up with the Temptations and Diana Ross and, and what that I music a, scene was like in Detroit for Motown. Uh, Virginia. He's from Manassas, Virginia. Never really ventured into D.C. because he didn't have any like linkage here in the city. Um, and so, you know, one of the things right. I like to do when I first introduced him to the city is play the go-go music that shouted out the hoods and take him to the hoods and show him what it was. Right, and so it, it kind of mm. uh, when when you listen uh. to the music and you're in practice, you're in uh, you're 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 in real life right now, going through the streets uh, with the Montana. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, let's go to Montana. Let's see what it look like. Six forty. I'm gonna take it six forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. Black hole. Yeah, out, yeah. So so it's a project that me and you got to work on. Right, man. right, I would right, love right. To have you in on this nah. as a producer. Uh, for for this project, but as, as well as a, a talent, just to pull this thing together, because I got so many ideas for it. I, I would, I would, I would love to, bro. And I and I end with this for when we were talking about Little John. For everybody listening, just think about this: the way you know, especially when the college Atlanta, the way you can pick yep. apart Little John shouting out certain parts of, of Atlanta exactly. in songs. That's exactly what GoGo was for us growing up. And 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 if I broke it down, or, or Lamont and I broke yep. it down, other people can break it down. <sighs> exactly. of what they're saying and why that that actually goes to like right. why Go Go's right. aren't really wanted in DC the same way, and 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 just the subculture of what Go Go means to us, not yeah. just as a music, not as a musical yeah. genre, but just as a real culture of DC. And breaking that down, hey, we can cool. definitely do that you, again. Bro. Brother, I thank yeah. you so much for joining so, me. So let's do this again, brother.